This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Jim Toth, how are you doing today? Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Thank you, sir. I'm doing well yourself. Here we go. Here we go. Jets at noon. Doing fantastic. The uh, One more, no more for this week. That's right. Lots to talk about. Dallas Stars still alive. Dallas Stars stave off elimination. One more time. We'll see what they can do and see if they can make a bit of a run here. Uh, their chances, I mean, I'd say still slim, but not as slim as they were uh, prior to this, of course, it's not an impossibility. It's only happened four times. We have to talk about this every time there's a team that's about to be swept. Well, it's only <laughs> happened four times before, and reliefs and I know um, it's Jets at noon, but back I, during the Second I, World War, and I kind of back in 1954 in the Wayne, uh, I kind of <laughs> think the Celtics are going to pull this off against I'm, the Heat. Like I'm, I know it's never been done in the history of the NBA, but I'm, I think the Celtics are the far better team. I think they poked the bear, and I think the the Celtics could win the next two games by 10 points each. I hate to give Stephen A. Smith a lot of credit about anything, but he said that if the Celtics win last night and they win game uh, and they win game four, um, or game five, I should say, and force a game six and head back to Miami, the pressure's on switches to Miami. It I would, believe that, and he was right. It wouldn't surprise me if Stephen A. Smith said, if the Celtics can win game four, five, and six, they could win the series. <laughs> but anyway. Well, I mean, it would be a true statement. Anyways, there's lots of other stuff to get to. Uh, Joe Pavelski, of course, the game winner. We'll get to him as the show goes on. Derek Taylor will be joining us. Uh, he's going to be off to Edmonton to cover the game. Pre-game gets going at 1. Uh, kickoff. At three, Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Edmonton uh, taking on the Elks right here on 680 CJOB, the return of Blue Bomber football to our airwaves. Uh, but there has been a lot of action uh, to the east of us um, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, you know, with the with the Winnipeg Jets. It's still sort of a, a let's wait and see situation, uh, but things are already starting to be on the move in Toronto. Uh, joining us now to talk about that is Joshua Clipperton. He's a national sports writer uh, with the Canadian Press, and he joins us now. Hello, Joshua. How are you? Good, guys. How are you doing today? Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thanks for joining us. Doing doing fantastic. Um, you know, it's been, a, it's been about a week now uh, since... Uh, uh, Kyle Dubas has has been gone. Uh, he's no longer the general manager uh, of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Beyond sort of the written statement that 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 he put out, which he signed is uh, from the Dubas family. Is there anything else that we know uh, about the dismissal, or is it kind of just like we're got to wait for the book to come out that may never come out? Yeah, that's that's what it feels like. Kyle obviously decided to take the high road. Uh, Earlier this week, when he released that statement, like you referenced, I mean, didn't didn't clearly didn't want to uh, get into a war of words with Brendan Shanahan, who you know meticulously, meticulously I should say, went over uh, the dismissal of, of Kyle uh, in a that bizarre news conference a week ago mm-hmm. today, which I think a lot of us have never sat through and probably won't sit through something similar <laughs> many more times in our careers. And I mean, and then I was that was on the heels of the Dubas press conference, you know, the previous Monday. So it was a uh, a wild stretch for me. Uh, we were talking that a lot of a lot of veteran reporters, uh, more veteran than me, had had never seen um, press conferences quite like that. So yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time here for sure. So Josh, along those lines, and there's been the reports out now about the ask for more power. 
It, that's the least surprising thing to me. And 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 I I often have heard stories like I heard um, the Oilers were going to trade Chris Pronger to Toronto for Alex Steen, and it got kiboshed three levels above John Ferguson. Now I'm I'm reading stories of and who knows about the validity of it. Maybe I shouldn't be mentioning them, but he had a trade for Tag Thompson with Buffalo that went up the ladder, and then by the time it got back to him, it got kiboshed. Um, is this something that the new GM will be wanting from this organization? Is that autonomy or, or how do you see Dubas's departure when the ask was like the money to me, isn't surprising. The asking for more power, um, uh, I think is the thing that GM struggle with in Toronto. Is it not? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. Um, there, there's, there's definitely, or it seems that there was some kind of power struggle or internal disagreement about, about structure. I mean, there's, there's obviously a, a board of directors at MLSE with, you know, Rogers, Bell, uh, Larry Tannenbaum. So, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how long it takes for information to flow up and down, but it sounds like if you if you believe the reports and there's no reason not to believe the credible reports that there was, there was clearly um, some frustration there uh, reports of, of Kyle wanting things to be more streamlined, um, which is, you know, anybody in their, in their job wants, wants stuff done quicker. I don't think that's a surprise, but, um, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's been stories over the year of, of, of how things take a long time in Toronto, and and there and there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. There's a lot of competing interests. Um, you know, it's 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 a big, massive billion-dollar corporation, and and a lot of things have to be crossed and and dotted. I would imagine for for anything to get signed off on. So I could see Kyle after you know five years in the job, and you know he really built the organization in terms of player development, you know, nutrition, all the all the behind-the-scenes stuff that. Uh, that, that, that an organization like Toronto with its, you know, basically unlimited resources can can do in a salary cap era to try to improve things. So he clearly had power in that sense, but I'm sure there was, I'm not sure, but I, I can imagine there'd be frustration uh, in terms of moves if, uh, if uh, you know, there, there are things are getting, uh, you know, blocked or, or kiboshed. Um, so yeah, that, that's definitely a possibility. And, and we've heard the stories over the years of Toronto trades that never were. And uh, you could add Tage Thompson now to that one as well. Where does Sheldon Keefe fit into this? Yeah, great question. I actually have been checking their uh, coaching website on you know the the list of the coaches on on the team's website every morning to make sure he's, he's still there. That's a veteran um, move. That's a veteran move. Well done. Well done. You, you never you never know, right? So yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I who knows? I mean, I, I you'd expect the new GM to want his own guys, but we don't know who the new GM is. Uh, Sheldon has a, has another year on his contract. I mean, that's just another layer of of just crazy amount of potential change when we look back to like you know less than a month ago you know this team's the toast of the town everything's everything's rosy you know uh, you know it's, it's basically you know people like lost their mind downtown when when they beat tampa in, in that six game series so um i i don't know like, i i'm not going to say that i think he's for sure gone with a new gm but i i imagine it's pretty uncomfortable right now um coming from your bosses and what your boss is, like, is going to be thinking. So, jo- Joshua, the names for the GM, like, this is an organization that every name would want it, right? Like, and and compared to maybe in Arizona or something like that, some more experience of the names that we're hearing might not be interested in a job like that. So whom do you think is an actual front runner, or is there one yet? Because all the names that we're hearing, would, of course they're all in the running, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, I think we have to still wait for this to kind of be distilled a little bit more. I mean, it's still so new in the process, and, and we haven't really heard. I mean, and we don't hear from Brendan Shanahan ever, really. So, I mean, he, was, he answered eight questions the other day. It was the first time he talked in a year. So we don't uh, we don't get a lot of sense of, of their thinking, other than he did mention, of course, uh, a veteran uh, person. I mean, Brad Treeling's name's out there, Peter Shirelli. 
Mark Bergeron, you know, go down the list. There was rumors about, you know, uh, uh, Doug Armstrong, who's obviously under contract in, in St. Louis. So, yeah, I mean, like, this is the kind of, <laughs> this is the part of this story where everything's like it's thrown at the wall and, and we see what sticks. I mean, the, the process sounds like it's, it's started, but obviously still early, but they don't have a lot of time. There's, there's, you know, the draft is coming up, free agency. There's so many decisions. There's 10 unrestricted free agents, two restricted free agents. Of course, Matthews and Nylander can sign extensions on July 1st. No trade clauses are, are kicking in soon. So there's a ton of work to do and, and not a lot of time to fill the role. Shanahan, I mean, he's been around for nearly a decade here. Um, you know what? I mean, it's. I mean, obviously, it seems like he's going to be sticking around a little bit longer too to to hire a, a new general manager. But is the heat starting to rise for him as well? A hundred percent. And and this was part of the frustration of the media, the fact that we were only allowed to ask eight questions because there was lots more questions to ask about him. Um, because you know he's the the architect of this. He's the Shanna the Shanna plan master. Yeah, this is yeah. the, guy, the, the guy that came in with the plan, and, and there was a plan. And, and I think, you know, as, as painful as a couple of those seasons were, like people accepted that there was a plan, and, and was, I mean, whether or not it worked or not, I mean, which it obviously didn't until this year in the in the first round to a certain extent. Um, there were plenty of regular season success, but in terms of the playoffs, there there hadn't been a lot. But but people could see, and fans could see the sort of the the way that it was laid out. And now it seems like the plan has been completely blown up. Uh, the, the new plan is to just get a veteran GM. Like, is, is that, a, is that's a, a big change in terms of, of the quote unquote plan. So um, I think that the pressure has risen. The pressure has risen on social media. Pressure has risen in regular media. Um, fans have sort of started to, to turn their attention to, to Brendan, because, you know, as you say, he's been here almost a decade and there's been one, one playoff uh, series victory. Uh, so, I mean, he's clearly, um, you know, marked or put his flag in, in the sand and, and the Dubas move was, was, was his decision, his decision alone. Um, and now he's onto his, he'll be onto his third GM and potentially his third coach. So I think the clock is definitely ticking on him if, if things uh, don't uh, want to be. And plenty of intrigue in Toronto this offseason. Uh, things are definitely going to ramp up. Well, we'll wait and see what's going on with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Joshua Clipperton, he's the national uh, hockey writer with the Canadian Press, joining us now uh, from Toronto. Joshua, thanks so much. You take care, okay? Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Yeah, awesome you too. Stuff. Great, Joshua. We'll, 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 we'll stay in touch, Joshua. I'll probably, something will probably happen over the summer. I'll bug you about it or something. <laughs> anytime, guys. Anytime. Bye-bye. <laughs> really appreciate it. That's awesome. He said anytime because it'll be a lot of time this summer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's going to be getting a text. And we'll return the favor for me like next week. You know, I, I wanted to make this point, and I know yeah. we're, we're going to go quickly, but uh, when we're hearing about Shanahan, something struck me about him in that press conference that hit me like two days ago and I wanted to mention. Yeah. Like, we forget these guys aren't businessmen, right? It's true. Like a businessman, a, a man who, who got to where he is through business, would never divulge a press conference like that because his feelings were hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he he had hurt feelings from Dubas or something Dubas, the, the ask ticked him off. There was something that was said between Dubas's press conference and him stepping out there that had really, really bothered that him. That bothered him. Yes. And, and it looked, to me, that's unprofessional. But And then you you go to Dayoff, who I don't think has any business training whatsoever either, former player, then executive yeah. and coach and all that, and he doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. But he will once in a while, and because it stands out, right? Because yeah. he gives you a peek behind the curtain. And it's just fascinating to me because if you listen to a CEO or a businessman speak, it's rarely emotional. Mm-hmm. And going back to that that Shanahan thing, it's not, it reminded me like Hall of Fame player, this, that, but really like you're running one of the largest corporations in sports. 
And what training do you have other than having played the game? He's never coached. That's a good point. He just like sort of, and yet he's the guy he for just, a guy you know like Dubas who, who studies business, who yeah. worked in the game since he was a kid, who understands front office moves, who's trying to make trades. And yet at the end of the day, I ticked off a guy who has zero business training and has more power than me. You know what he did? He walked in, he said, check the stats. And he walked out. <laughs> like that story. Why are you ready for like the story during, during He just goes, the, check the stats, walks out. Like that widely rumored story from years and years ago when the NHL was having meetings and they had uh, one of the player representatives came in to say how they would like to see the game ruled and all this. Yeah. And it was Shanahan. And then when he left, the rumor is that Bettman said, don't let the door hit him, hit him in the butt <laughs> on his way out. Like they couldn't care what he had to say. Let's come back. Uh, Joe Pavelski uh, becomes the oldest NHL player to score an overtime goal in a potential elimination game. His ninth postseason goal. Uh, he's he's also on top of another table here. He's 38. He's turning 39 in July. Uh, I'll tell you what kind of players he's on top of that table with. Captain America is what his nickname is. We'll be right back. It's a beauty. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Joe Pavelski, 73 goals in the postseason, more than Alex Ovechkin, more than Sidney Crosby, more than Evgeny Malkin, uh, Alex Ovechkin, the closest to him at 72, uh, Sidney Crosby at 71. Uh, 1,250 games played, 1,001 points in the regular season. Uh, you know, is he one of the most underrated players in the history of the NHL? I don't know if he's underrated because I've been a fan of his. Yeah. I think since he got to Dallas, he's underrated for sure. Everybody yeah. thought he was done, and everybody thought they were overpaying him. And and I don't think guys like that you can pay enough. The veteran experience and how he can move up and down the lineup. But, I mean, he's he's not the same kind of gamer as to Chuck, but he's a gamer. Like, he shows up in game sevens, and he – that shot yesterday was unbelievable. But the way he positioned himself for the shot yeah. – Un- unbelievable. Stuff you can't teach. He turns no. 39 in July. Derek Taylor will be with us after this. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, hello, Jeff Braun. Howdy. How you doing? I'm all right. Happy yeah. Friday. Hey, Bronner. Friday. Oh, hi, Jim. How are you? Any plans this weekend, this weekend? Do I have plans this weekend? Yeah, you have uh, plans? going to get out of the city, uh, get down to the lake for a little bit, for a few hours a little later, and uh, yeah. that's all I've got planned so far. You can take the tarp off and get some sun? Yeah. That a boy. He's a big, he's a big sunbather, I think. It's, uh, yeah, I, I look yeah. at Braun and I think easy bake oven right there. <laughs> bareback JB in the wild is a beautiful thing. You there guys. you go. Bareback JB in the wild. Just watching those chest hairs flutter in the breeze is something yeah. else. The Open. shoulder hair, too. Oh, the shoulder hair. Yeah, I can't Watch out that. bear traps. You don't want to catch a <laughs> tarp off JB. And if you leave a barrel with a bunch of rotting dead fish in the woods, I'll go after it. So. <laughs> okay. You're asking for trouble. You've been, this sounds like a segment for my show. Be warned, nature lovers. This weekend may be hazardous. Thanks, thanks Jeff. You bet. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good weekend. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, too. yeah you too. Take care. Um, uh, yeah, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Hey, they're returning to our airwaves uh, this weekend. Pre-game gets going at 1. Kickoff at 3 on your radio home of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. 680 CJOB and who will be calling the game and doing the post game and pregame show? Well, I think that would be Derek Taylor, voice Your of the Winnipeg Blue voice Bombers. Voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I'm Derek j- Taylor. Just I'm calling you to confirm, Derek. Is that actually you, you're going to Edmonton this afternoon, right? Oh, I am just dropping off the car now. I'm gonna whip over to the airport. I've been okay. working on my depth chart in the meantime. It's gonna be great. 
Okay, that's a you're hyped up. I mean, this is like it's finally all like how much how many hours over the off season do you pour over stats and then you now you get to finally implement them? Well, let's see. The off season is five months, so it's 150 days, roughly 13 hours a day. It's a lot. It gets a it's a lot <laughs> because you you want to be ready and you want to go. Okay, well, Dalton Schultz was this miracle worker. It looked mm. like last season, but where was he? This miracle worker. What was so special about him? And what what did Rasheed Bailey do versus what Carlton Agadosi might do? And what about this and that? And there's there's just so many things to look at because football is this 12 on 12 just orchestra, right? It's it's beautiful. Mm. So you, there's a lot to kind of consider and and honestly learn about. Oh oh, that's how it actually works. Oh okay, well I'll know that for next year. How do you? How is it that you kind of view the game now? Especially and these are always tough with preseason. With you know, there's going to be guys with the same number on each sideline. There'll be two fifty fives or whatever. It doesn't matter. But um, when 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 you're when you're watching a game like this, how do you sort of how do you call it? Like, how does it sort of unfold in in your brain? I mean, you're you're not you're sort of watching the ball, but not watching the ball at the same time. You're kind of seeing how, as you said, the the sort of the the orchestra, the crescendo. You're you're seeing how everything plays out. Yeah. So for for me, I kind of have to watch the ball for maybe no. a little more than I'd like to, right? Because if the quarterback gets pummeled in the pocket, it's it'd be no good to be trying to check out what coverage was happening downfield, right? Yeah. But uh, you, you can if you. Uh, if this describes it well, if you kind of space out correctly, like your vision, you can you can see from where we are. Well, the quarterback's here, and oh, you can see out of the one side of your eye. Oh, Nick Dembski's coming open across the middle, so you could mm-hmm. you could mention that. And then, or if uh, Kalaris also sees that in, in the case of Zach Kalaris, you go, oh, he's looking for Dembski with Chris Randall in coverage. You know, you just you just kind of get used to seeing more and more so and and then i'm always curious about how how i always when i talk to football players like doug brown for example i'm like how do you watch this because i'm i'm fascinated to see because he'll be at the end of the play and go oh there was a twist in the middle and this on the outside and they dropped into zone coverage i'm like i don't know what you're seeing so it's a whole (laughs) different level when you talk to somebody whose job it was to watch film for 11 years right like Mm -hmm. it's it's that that part is fascinating to me yeah, I, I hate that question for Derek because every time I, I think of Dalton Schoen and how well he does with the waggle compared to just a, a U.S. football and the numbers you ran out on that, I'm like, I got to do more with my life. I sit around and do nothing way too often. I could educate myself on so uh, many things. And I just. If, if Derek's doing 13 hours know, of stats yeah. a day, you got to do 13 and a half. Even man. that alone, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm not going to be able to sit still tonight. I'm going to sit on the couch and be like, I should be doing something. Uh, I should be learning something. Um, how th- zone entries for the Jets, you know, you got to go back now because they're get time in the offseason. Exactly. Yes. Time. Yes. I do do that quite once in a while when somebody says something about his a possession rate or his zone. I'm like, I'm going to look that up. Actually, I'll find this out. And then I'm like, ah, I'm going to have a sandwich instead. <laughs> um, but along those lines, Derek, how excited are you for this and, and this season? And, and, and for what you could, I know you were giving us some of the names and the positions that you're going to just keep an eye on this preseason game. But I, I love that Mike O'Shea quote that you had that he's like, just to see if the work is being done. Like it's, it's not about maybe standing out as, as much as it's not making mistakes. And, and, and that's kind of what I think this whole season will come down to, not just what he was saying about this, this preseason game tomorrow. Yeah. It's, it's funny because there's differences in what will catch our eyes and what the coaches will be looking for, right? Like I'll, I'll have the story forever of uh, 2019. I was covering riders camp and there was a receiver named Paul McRoberts. And one day he made four of the most unbelievable catches you would, you would see a football player make. Skying up one-handed, giant hands, ripping them down. You know, this guy is awesome. 
And for the next three years, we're like, where's Paul McRoberts? When is Paul McRoberts going to play? And then eventually, you know, he played and he wasn't really good and he got released. But it stuck with us, right, because those were the things that we noticed. Those are going to be great. Uh, Abu Dharani Soiree's interception yesterday where he tips it to himself three times and then takes it away. What, you know, people who saw that will remember that. But uh, the, what the coaches will be like, well, was he in the right position? And in the other 25 plays he played, where was he versus where he should have been, right? That stuff's a lot more cryptic to, to folks like me and I think to most fans. Uh, but that's the stuff that's going to kind of – especially – I feel like especially with the Bombers, like big plays, hey, those are great to have, but we need you to be where you're supposed to be. And that seems to me, just from listening to them talk over the years, the the more critical element of this whole thing. It's not sexy, and it doesn't make for great broadcasting to go, oh, look at that zone drop from Alden Darby. Uh, But, you know, it, it seems to be what the Bombers are all about. Well, and that's a great point of what I love about the coaches' show is because something will fire up everybody about mm-hmm. a game, a, a missed tackle or a missed field goal or something. And then the coaches' show happens here on our station on Monday on 680 CGOB, and Michael Shea will go, I'm not upset about that at all because the left flank didn't do this, and that's what happened, which caused yeah. that to there be was a few missed assignments, missed by a assignment guys, there. Yeah. And if that assignment's made, then he doesn't even have to make that tackle. And, and we all spent the weekend going, oh, that guy's got to make that tackle. That's that's, that's the fascinating yeah. part about talking Mike, the game with Mike O'Shea. That's the best part about football, too, is, is, that, is yeah. that level of, of just how complex each play is. No, yeah, Nobody knows sure. the rules or the game, the CFL game, better than Mike O'Shea. Yeah, I, I would agree. He, he seems to be on top of absolutely everything. So when uh, Terry Williams of BC last year fields the kickoff, but he does it while he's very intentionally standing on the sidelines, O'Shea knew exactly what was going on. I was on the radio raving the wrong rule, but O'Shea was like, no, that's, that's the rule. That's, that's what happens. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a kick out of bounds. I hate the rule, but that's the rule. I'm like, hmm. Right. <laughs> you, just did, learn, right? you just and, did a perfect O'Shea, the casualness of no, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you want to be correct. Yeah, exactly. But I think I was listening to and I was all ticked off and I, I was listening to that interview and Mike's like, yeah, it's the way it is. And I'm like, what stupid. It's so, <laughs> it's so polite. Like we discussed earlier in the week with you, Derek, because he's like, well, if you want to be correct. <laughs> yeah, that was the great way of telling you you're wrong. Um, yeah. No, I, I mean, we learned that I think we learned like four new four rules in the CFL last year that, that I kind of didn't know. So I've, I'm always excited for this. And in preseason, you, you, you have a chance to learn more of those and you learn about more players who could, who could someday be something big time in the CFL. And before we let you go, Derek, tee up the game for us. Uh, yeah, so uh, 3 o'clock kickoff, 1 o'clock pregame show with myself and Doug Brown and Ed Tate and a, and a million special guests and some new features. And uh, So Jake Thomas and Dalton Schoen are the, are the healthy-ish players that won't be traveling but like Zach Kalaros and the rest of the starting offense will be there. Much of the starting defense will be there, except for guys who are injured like Jackson, Jeff Coton, and Adam Hill and uh, Winston Rose. Uh, but, man, they're taking a lot of their first-team players with them, yeah. which is a real surprise to me and a really exciting because uh, we didn't see Kalaros at all in preseason last year, so the chance that we might see Zach ripping and throwing some darts will be, uh, will be pretty great. So, uh, yeah, join us for 1 o'clock Saturday. Uh, as the Bombers season, the Bombers chase to a fourth Grey Cup appearance in a row. Gets underway. Yeah, and the Elks are going to – have you heard anything about their roster for tomorrow? Nothing yet, but it's the home game, so I'd expect their starting quarterback, Taylor Cornelius. And I, I, I don't know I don't know if they're going to roll out all their starting receivers, but 
I mean, this is when this happens in the regular season, this is going to be the number one and number two receiving core in the entire CFL. And then number three is distant behind whichever one of these two teams you think is number two. So it, it, it could be some offensive shootout in the regular season. Hopefully we'll get a little some of that tomorrow. Voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Derek Taylor. Uh, of course, the game, again, once again, pregame one, uh, uh, kickoff at three, radio home of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 680 CJOB, Blue Bomber football returning to our airwaves. Uh, Bomber training camp reports brought to you by Stars Air Ambulance, caring for Manitobans when and where you need us most. Derek, thank you so much, and have uh, have fun tomorrow. I don't need to tell you that, but I, I know you will. Can I give one broadcast tease? Yeah. Oh, of course. You might hear some Cam Poitras in the broadcast this year. Just saying. I don't know. That's not, I don't know. We have the, the contract hasn't been signed yet. What? I still have it with my agent. Did you? Twenty-four hours to iron the details. Did you commit? <laughs> did you commit to something without talking about it? With you know, your Jim. This is why. Uh, this is why I didn't does want to tell you. Does your wife even know? This is why I didn't want if to. If I don't you. know, does Sky know? Uh, I'm not sure if she. How does. is this? You just take on responsibility. You know what, Jim? Listen, with your relationship? listen, listen. This is this is too much. It's overbearing. Okay. Where were you last off. night? <laughs> I mean, this is great news. Good for you. Thanks, Derek. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, Derek, what is safe this? flight as well. Not announcing yet officially, or well, we're gonna wait and see how it plays out in the broadcast. I don't want to ruin it. Right? Don't yell at me. Jeez, Louise. Oh, you hear the way he you talks know what? to me. Calm down. <laughs> It's usually when somebody says, calm down. Is it so hard to be nice? <laughs> uh, let's talk Shanahan. Calm next. down is... I love that's that. That's, a, one, yeah. that's one of the biggest... That I, never I, leads... I like relax, and it never goes well. No, calm down is even worse. It does the I opposite. Think calm down is worse than yeah. relax. They're like oxymorons. Calm down and relax does the opposite at home. <laughs> totally, yeah. You just, hey, relax. You know You know what the beauty one is? Is take it easy. Oh, <laughs> Those are three that. Those are a tip for Friday. Do not say those ever. Just avoid those phrases whatsoever. Take it easy. Yeah, in that you have to have that cadence yeah. about it too. Or as well. calm down. Or relax. Yeah. Let's. You want to talk? We'll talk Shanahan in the final break here. Shanny, yeah, yeah, gets my ire. I might have to calm down. Yeah, you might need to relax a little bit relax. if we're going to talk Shanahan. Let's. Uh, Take on the it other easy. side of this, I have a theory about Shanahan. I'll, I'll share it with you after this. But it has to do with the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Detroit Red Wings. Maybe that'll hint. If you're a listener, uh, that might that might tip it off here. But uh, I got a little bit of a theory going on with Leafs and some of the decision making that they made and why they why they ended up doing it. Hey, Forche, what's going on? Take it easy. I will take it easy. Te- ne- text or Neil, text the show two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty. Hi guys, it's Neil. You guys, calm down. Yeah, calm down. Calm yourself. I like that one too. Hey, calm yourself. <laughs> Just when you're like hitting peak anger, the worst thing you could hear. We'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. We were uh, listening to, actually, we had the pleasure of having uh, Joshua Clipperton, who's the national hockey writer uh, with the Canadian Press, who joined us at 1245. If you want to listen back to that conversation, hey, check out our podcast, Cam. Well, but you can check out my Twitter, Cam at Noon, um, on Twitter, or you can uh, check out our podcast, Jets at Noon, uh, at like you're writing an email. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify and all those great places, and you can listen back to that conversation. But How did uh, you come up with your handle, can I ask, before we go Cam on at Noon? Show? Yeah. Uh, well, I it, first of all, I started in the consultation process to see where I needed to go and what would work best. Uh, and it took me about six or seven months to get an answer. So I just fired those guys and I just went with that. 
Because you like some people spend a lot of time on it. Like people say, "How'd you come up with Jim Toth Sports?" And I'm like, "Because there was a Jim Toth on Twitter." Yeah. And at the time, I was covering sports, so yeah. like I don't know how. But other people spend a lot of time on it. Cam at noon. I'm wondering if you were just like, "Well, I'm Cam and I'm at noon," so that was it. Yeah, that was it. So you didn't spend a lot of time on Should it. Should I spend more time? Is that no, you're I'm just saying. Like I'm the same. But I have I can't be bothered. Like we don't even think about it anymore, right? It's Jim Toe Sports, and I get how original. Well, it's not because it took. Yeah, me it should have been three seconds. Jim Crazy Maniac Sports Genius. Those are the funniest. Like that's the biggest idiots on Twitter. <laughs> the people who haven't changed their email since college. Oh, What's that movie scene where the guy's like fifty and he's checking into the insurance convention? They're like, can we get your email? And he's like, I'd rather not. <laughs> and they're like, no, we need your email. He's like, I can't. And then he says it, and she's like, you haven't changed your email since college, have you? No, I haven't. There's some that I like. There were some guys that I was, I won't say it's a very nice guy, really great guy. But like it was, it was at the point where his his email, it was like he was he was applying for jobs, and it was it was Pulse the Maggots six 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 at Hotmail, and I'm like, dude, you gotta change that. And that was like in like we were like 19. It's like that's gotta you're, yeah, you gotta move on. You gotta tonight. change your email address you if, gonna you, if you, you want to get this government job. <laughs> That's what I just asked you because some people do a lot of time in it. Some of your handles it. I'm just like Jim Toad Sports. Cam so my, at noon. My first when I was a kid, I I was Quick Cam ninety nine. I was like on my Hotmail, and then when I got to like junior high, I went CDK Poitras. Bam! It's my Gmail account's been that way since I was planning ahead. Always been a forward planner. Um, anyways, anyways, um, I appreciate that. No problem. Delve behind the curtain. Thanks. Yeah. Cam well, you got to know a little bit about me. It's important <laughs> to know this kind of stuff. Shanny. Uh, Brennan Shanahan. I, I, I've always had a theory about Brennan Shanahan. He's been the president of the Maple Leafs. Uh, he's been there for almost 10 years. He was hired back in, I think, April of 2014. Um, but Brennan Shanahan, uh, it, it was it was because he was running, what was it, discipline with the NHL at the time, right? He was in the videos explaining uh, why this was a two-game yeah. suspension and all that sort of thing. Like a soap opera And it was star. like out of nowhere, he yeah. became the Leafs president. And I always thought, and I don't know if there's any volition to this, but it's always been my, I've always had like sort of a, a feeling towards this because I think the Leafs at the time were seeing the success with Steve Eiserman down in Tampa Bay at the time and sort of the development that he was doing and the success that he was starting to have. Um, and it was, it was obviously he was doing a good job down there. And I think that they looked and said, well, Shanahan was a teammate of his with the Detroit Red Wings with all those great years. Why don't we get him? Yeah, you know, I, I I just felt like there was because of that association, it was like there was, you know, Shannon, he's from Toronto. Like this is perfect. Steve Eiserman and Joe Sackick are not only in the hockey world, but in all of sports world. Really rare that uh, a dynamic elite player transitions into a dynamic elite general manager. Mm-hmm. And you can comb it. I don't know the exact stats on it, but I've I've followed this for a bit now. Like like you were mentioning, like third-line grinder players make great coaches because they had to know every single aspect of the game in order to etch out a career. They had to understand the you know the certain things that yeah. elite players with skill don't have to worry about, so it doesn't always transition. But I, I don't know. Like I was a, I'm a huge Brendan Shanahan fan as a player. Like I loved him as a player mm-hmm. and everything he did. But I'm, I'm just watching this, and I, I just think that Kyle Dubas knows more about this team than you do. Mm-hmm. And watching him sort of go, well, I didn't like the email, and then things changed. He got his feelings hurt, and so he made this decision. Should he be making emotional and decisions I don't, I like don't that? Know how the board of the Toronto Maple Leafs, who I presume are businessmen, sit there and go, well, in Shanny we trust. 
I just, I don't. You need to calm down, Jim. Just relax. No, I won't. Because, like, why are they giving him the the keys to this (laughs) when he has no business training or anything? And he's not the GM. Like, he's he's a hockey guy, so he should be more involved in the hockey, not the actual running of... Of uh, uh, just take it easy. <laughs> okay. you know, Jim Telt is going to take you all the way until three o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Fortune. Everybody, take a, it easy this yeah, weekend. Yeah, just take, just chillax, man. <laughs> you need to calm I'm, down. I'm gonna, the other one I love is I'm going to have to ask you to calm down. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask oh, you yeah. to calm down. Is there anything? That's the most passive aggressive thing yeah. anybody can ever say. Instead of saying calm down, I was like, I'm going to have to ask you to calm down. Well, ask me then. Ask. I want to hear you ask. <laughs> Jim Toth is going to take you all the way till 3 o'clock. Take Thank you very much easy. to Jeffrey Fortier for producing the show. That's it for me. Keep it I'll smooth. be back on Monday. Take care, everybody. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.